Welcome to Points of Departure, a podcast from the Arkansas Global Changemakers in coordination with KUAF Public Radio, where we aim to place pressing social issues into global context and bring communities together to find local solutions to global challenges. My name is Lawrence Hare. I'm Associate Professor of History in the Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences. And my name is Rogelio Garcia Contreras. I am a teaching assistant faculty at the Strategy, Entrepreneurship, and Venture Innovation Department of the Walton College of Business. And I'm Lee Wood, General Manager of KUAF Public Radio. And we're your hosts for Points of Departure. Hello, everyone. In this first season of Points of Departure, we have been focused on explaining the structure of the Arkansas Global Changemakers Initiative. We've talked about its elements and its activities. We've talked about courses. We've met with colleagues, talked about our international exchanges and study abroad programs, our partners in India, in Rome, and elsewhere. And we've touched on issues, food security, uh, urban resiliency, public health, And in all of these conversations, we've been focused on one uh, underlying question. What is the best way to teach and educate the next generation of changemakers? But so far, we haven't talked about our principal contributors, the students themselves. And so in today's episode, we have brought in a group of phenomenal students, shining stars, all of them. And we will talk to them today about their experiences, their thoughts on their future, and on the future of global change. Rogelio, hello. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, Lawrence. Uh, Hi, uh, Lee. Lee. Hello. How are you? I'm. I'm well. I'm happy to, that we have a full group here today. Uh, indeed. So uh, it is my pleasure, actually, to introduce our students that are with us. Uh, we have Sol Halle. Sol is a native of Argentina, a senior honors double major in international and global studies and political science. She has held competitive internships with the U.S. Department of State and is uh, completing honors research on international democracy. Welcome, Sol. Hi. Thank you for having me. Uh, We also have uh, Juliana Kantner. Uh, Juliana is a junior honors double major in international and global studies and political science. She is uh, active with the campus students for refugees organizations, and she is currently a finalist for the Truman Scholarship. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me, too. Uh, We also have with us Caleb Elkington-Stoss. Caleb is a junior international business and accounting major. He is passionate about social entrepreneurship and is currently involved with several entrepreneurial projects while also serving as a community service director and vice president of the Walton Honors Student Executive Board. Welcome, Caleb. Thank you for having me. And finally, we have Anders Hare. Anders is a 10th grader at Haas Hall Academy in Fayetteville, and he is the founder and first president of the Haas Hall High School chapter of Arkansas Global Changemakers. Welcome, Anders. Hey, I'm glad to be here, too. Well, hello, everybody. It's so great to see all of you and to have a chance to talk to you about your experiences. Let's start with the undergraduate experience. So let's start with Saul and Juliana. Can you tell us just a little bit about your involvement with the Changemakers program and the things that you've done with the program so far. Okay, so I started my involvement when I was a freshman with the social innovation class. And then my sophomore year, I took the global social change class. Um, And following that, I've taken some of the things of what I learned in our 
virtual study abroad experience <laughs> um, to my local university and applied those lessons of social innovation uh, in activities like students with refugees and an advocacy training program. Yeah, that's great. We yeah. definitely want to talk about that. Sol, what about you? Um, so I got involved with the Changemakers program through the Honor Signature Seminar that Juliana was talking about, the Global Social Change Seminar, in the spring of 2021. And the class really exposed me to the theoretical tools that we were going to be utilizing when we actually went abroad. Um, unfortunately, we didn't really get to go to Catalonia, but we still did the virtual experience, which was still a very enriching um, experience. And for me, I kind of brought back tools, brought back. It was virtual. I don't know if I can really say that. but You I, virtually brought back. I yeah. virtually brought back tools to better measure the social impact of nonprofit and for-profit organizations in Arkansas because the experience really exposes to the fact that it's imperative for people that want to enact change to understand the way that culture interacts with resource availability, efficiency, solvency, and all of those assessments that one needs to make in order to generate positive impact in the community. I've been teaching both of you for years, and of course I'm blown away by all of your achievements and your, your academic excellence, uh, uh, truly, and you're, you're both international and global studies majors. I, I know a lot about you in that program. I don't know about you before, and so I'm wondering about your interest in, in global change, and you guys have really big horizons. I mean, how, how did you get to that point? Where, did you bring that in with you? Did you, want, did you come into the university saying, I'm going to change the world, or how, how does that happen? Honestly, that's funny you asked that question because I would say I didn't really know where I like belonged in that space or I could where I can make a big difference until I took the social innovation class my freshman year and your that class allowed me to connect with Canopy Northwest Arkansas. The refugee service. Yeah, the right. refugee resettlement agency. So during that year I'd kind of been working with students with refugees a little bit, but I hadn't had direct experience with Canopy yet. So that class led me to interning with Canopy, and that's where I got to have direct experience on what it looks like to help in the background of a nonprofit serving international communities. So sometimes I was doing like the heavy lifting, like uh, preparing homes for people before they even got here. But then I also did get to meet families directly and see how much Canopy impacted them. And that's led to a long commitment to wanting to get better at advocating for refugee resettlement in Arkansas and just the, in the United States, correcting false narratives and things like that. So yeah, I would say this program actually led to me finding where I can directly contribute to global change in this community. So for me, I think that in a way, everyone comes into this field expecting to change the world. For me, the global component um, has kind of always been a part of my identity. I've lived in various different cultural environments like Argentina, Chile, and South Africa. And those experiences have really underscored the importance of intercultural connections and exposure to the global theater. So from the get-go, I knew that going to college, I wanted to have that global component underscoring my education. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what led me into the international studies program. And I actually remember Dr. Hare, it was in our intro to international studies class that you mentioned the global change maker program and when it was in its initial stages. And I remember you right. mentioning that it might be something that I could do in the near future. And then I took the global social change seminar and that kind of, again, reaffirmed the importance of intercultural exchanges and how those kind of frame the way that 
I want to interact with the world and I want to learn about the world. So. And what about you, Caleb? You are part of the Walton College of Business. What brought you uh, to this uh, field, social enterprise, social innovation? Ultimately, I think I always really had a an interest in social innovation um, and global studies for that matter. I really started out in high school with some programs like Model United Nations, Model Arab League, and those really got me in touch with just kind of a more international mindset. You know, the Walton College is kind of interesting. There's not a lot of people that kind of follow the social innovation route, but ultimately it's what I chose to do because it, it feels right, and I've done so much work in social innovation, and my goal is to be an entrepreneur, and I think the best way to do that is in a socially innovative way. Thank you, and I act actually, you, you touch on something that helps us uh, build uh, the rationale behind our high school uh, initiatives. Mm -hmm. And we have Anders here who has been involved with uh, Arkansas Global Changemakers and the chapter at the uh, Haskell Academy in Fayetteville. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your experience with uh, Arkansas Global Changemakers and the work that you're doing there? Yes. Um, I started Arkansas Global Changemakers as the president and as its initial founder. Um, and we have a really large community now of people that are really interested in it initially. And so a lot of what we're doing is studying these global changes and studying global issues, um, specifically following the model of the UN Sustainability Development Goals. Another thing that we've done is try to apply these issues to studying it at a local level as well, to study about how it affects us in our communities and how even though as a high school charter, we're not gonna be able to change the world with by planting trees, but we can study these issues and try to see if we can train change makers to go out and change the world, essentially. Yeah, so you're, you're in the place that Sol and Juliana and, and Caleb were a few years ago. Do, do their stories sound familiar to you already at this point? Or? Yes, um, I've done a lot of interest groups, uh, high school level, mm -hmm. Model United Nations, um, taking a lot of classes involving international relations and comparative science and stuff like that. I think a lot of of what we learned in high school is just to get the inspiration to go out into college and to really like broaden those ideas and to mm -hmm. focus more on our skills, study more about it at a, a larger scale. And Caleb, uh, as part of our efforts uh, of connecting with high school students and getting the conversation started around social entrepreneurship, you are part currently of a project at Thayden School uh, calls uh, Bikes Means Business, Bikes is Business. That's right. Uh, with Dr. Scott uh, Fitzgerald. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the program, your experience there? What are you doing? Yeah, so the project Bikes Means Business at Thayden is a class where we have a group of students coming up with more or less a social, socially entrepreneurial, uh, social entrepreneurship idea. And Ultimately, my job as a mentor is to kind of guide them, kind of walk them through the process of bringing a business into reality. And we do a lot of work with uh, human-centered design and trying to get them to think in ways that make sense to their customer. Um, so right now, uh, we're heavily focusing on customer discovery. They're doing interviews, interviewing even experts in the field. 
I'm kind of trying to just improve their idea and ultimately come up with a business strategy and a business idea that they'll eventually pitch to a group of people. And this you do as you're taking the social enterprise class yes. yourself and going through the same process. Can you tell us how being a mentor of the Bikes Means Business program uh, is helping you? Yeah, absolutely. I've really enjoyed all of my social innovation and social entrepreneurship classes uh, here at the university. And I think they go very well hand in hand with um, the Thaden School opportunity that I have right now. Because I'm really learning that social innovation is one of the most challenging things that you can really take on in entrepreneurship. And ultimately, I think the best thing that I'm learning from Thaden is that you're not really going to fix all the problems in one swoop. You, Social innovation is all about kind of flexibility and being able to pivot. And I think that's kind of one thing I'm learning so much is that these ideas that these people have, they're going to have to ship, shift and they're going to have to pivot in order for them to be successful. And I think that's really such an important part of social innovation that I'm learning about. I'm just curious, you, you started in the College of Business, like you're a business student maybe you don't know what direction you're going to go, but you have a general idea. And and then you encounter for yourself social entrepreneurship, social innovation. How, how has that changed your thinking about business about and about your own connection to business? Social innovation, the Walton College may not always, you know, seem like they go together perfectly. And as a Walton College student, a lot of what I learn about is, you know, numbers and accounting and just do, just those financial keys. Um, and also my, my current job over at the Small Business Center, I learn a lot about just what makes this financially viable, but I never really got the opportunity to explore social innovation and how it can, like, be incorporated into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been so influential for me and my college experience having these courses like um, Sevi Colloquium with Dr. Contreras and like social entrepreneurship with Dr. Contreras, it's really made me realize that it's not all about the money, it's not all about the finances and that you really have to take a step back and look at what you're putting out into the world and look at what you're doing um, as a business. That's good and so we're hearing all of these opportunities where you're sort of getting out there Taking your learning, I guess you really have to keep up with the reading in your class. <laughs> you have to do right. your homework in order to go and teach this to the high school kids. But Juliana and Saul, you, we wanted desperately to take you out there into the world with, with your class to Barcelona. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. In fact, well, this was all COVID related, right? In fact, while we were running the signature seminar, Saul was taking the class from South Africa. Mm -hmm. And I kept wondering, why? Why is it so sunny where, where she is? She's like, it's a totally different time of day. <laughs> but then we, had to t then we had to do the Barcelona experience completely virtually from, from our living rooms, from our home offices or whatever it was. What, what was that like? I had a really positive experience being able to interact with organizations in Barcelona directly and have that time to just sit down and have a conversation, maybe not being distracted about logistics. Mm -hmm. Of course, I wish I was able to see firsthand what they do um, and what's going on and also appreciate the culture of the area. But it was super helpful to have that time to go into deep conversations with people who were leading socially innovative businesses and even like talking to some of those businesses and their model for how they work really influenced me and ideas I have 
for organizations and RSOs back at University of Arkansas. Yeah, can you give me an example? Yeah, of course. So uh, the Global Social Change Program, we got to meet with Life Terra, mm-hmm. which was was that a nonprofit or a business? No, it's a business. It's a, social a business, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So their model, I know they talked about training different people in different areas about like running their own like branch of the organization, kind of like teaching different communities how to start planting the trees. And that break off method of equipping leaders within the organization was something I found found really interesting and effective. So Life Terror, that's an organization that goes around Europe planting Plant trees. trees. And yeah. and the the angle is is that they they personalize each tree for a participant. They have a GPS location. Yeah, on each they tree. have a tracking method. But the the part of it that I th- found really effective was the fact that they like train leaders in different parts of Europe. So they have one organization, yeah. but and everyone's united under one mission. But they can be from you know anywhere. So that model was really awesome and kind of inspired me looking at refugee resettlement here in Northwest Arkansas. It's already kind of uh, like interesting a little bit different that Arkansas has a refugee resettlement agency like you'll say that and people will be surprised um and we also know that a lot of people can have like misconceptions about refugee resettlement so I was thinking critically about that and our work as students with refugees you know we aim to advocate for refugees to help the people that are out in our community and the organization in our community but I was thinking how could we expand the impact of that organization and the students on campus and looking at the life Terra model I was like well it'd be great if we can really equip students to feel like you know they can advocate for pro-refugee policy on their own and they feel like they can correct false narratives that they uh, can advocate for even like policies in our government that would actually result in sustainable change um, and so through that kind of process of thinking we started our first ever advocacy training program in students with refugees which is actually happening right now oh that's awesome that's yeah. fantastic yeah. that's yeah. fantastic yeah. For me, I don't think it was like as I don't think I took them. <laughs> that really was a very cool. direct yeah, application. Like, yeah, okay, that's awesome. What's your story, so um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the virtual study abroad experience was really fun, but at times it was really challenging yeah. because there were days where it was impossible to ignore the fact that we were supposed to be on yes. the ground. One thing that I really appreciated about the virtual experience is how flexible it was. I feel like it made a lot of components about what we were learning a lot more accessible. Like Juliana said, we were able to have like more direct conversations with the people who, those leaders in the community and getting their perspective on the issues. And um, I guess those perspectives were really like eye-opening for me because mm-hmm. I had never really gotten to experience the social entrepreneurship side of social change. I am an international studies and political science student, so business has never really been something that I've been particularly interested in, to be completely honest. And like the experience really changed the way that I have gotten to understand the business world. And it really opened up my eyes to the viable career opportunities that exist within that field that don't feel as though I'm betraying some sort of personal moral code, which I think is a very positive thing that I took away from the program. And for me, the things that we were learning about in the global social change class complemented research that I was actually doing abroad in South Africa with a women's organization in the area in the Gauteng province. Do you remember what your 
like what the most impactful presentation you or activity that you participated in was? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that. I really like Nacho Dean's presentation. He Tell is, me about that. Yeah, so he is a naturalist and a professional explorer who is also the first person to ever walk around the Earth and connect the five continents by swimming. So the fact that we even got to hear his story was mind-boggling to me because I had never even heard about the man. So it was just like really interesting to hear about his experience. I really appreciated his thoughts on environmental consciousness and the importance of taking climate change more seriously. I thought that his approach to advocacy was really, really interesting and impactful. His story was really inspiring because during the semester that we were taking the global social change class, I was also um, virtually volunteering for Audubon solar campaign while I was in South Africa and I was helping with their letter to the editor like branch. I was like an editor for other people's writing. So I had gotten some exposure into the environmental advocacy realm, but his experience was completely different from mine. And it was such such a, like an inspiring and hands-on approach to environmental advocacy that I felt, I left the meeting feeling very like reinvigorated about being able to implement some sort of viable change to the harms being per- perpetuated by um, global warming. So uh, it is it is quite compelling to hear that you started looking at the world of business with different lenses. And this is a question, I guess, for, for all of you. What is your opinion on the role of business as you complete your degrees and you start your careers? What is uh, the perspective that you have on the role of business? Many of you will actually be working for corporations or opening your own business, perhaps, or starting your own nonprofit. And many of these ideas that we discuss around social innovation and how to impact the world uh, require some sustainability and some some viability. So what is your take on the role of business in all this? I think that business really needs to be integrated into other ideas such as, like we've talked about, international experiences and global studies. One can't really exist without the other. And I think that in order to actually, you know, create positive change and create lasting change, business is really the the tool that you use to achieve these social innovations, I feel like. So the perspective that I had going into the class about business was not necessarily a positive one. We talk a lot about theories of capitalism and neoliberalism and the harms perpetuated by businesses at times and how oppressive those sort of structures can be. I had always thought as the corporate side of business as this monolith of evil, essentially, (laughs) and getting this exposure really allowed me to diversify my opinion. And like, especially nowadays with issues of climate change and how certain businesses are actually propagating the problem, it really, like you said, there was a sort of disconnect between my ability to connect profit with like sustainability Mm -hmm. and positive change. So I guess that something that I really took away from this class was being able to look at business through a different lens and a different perspective and being able to understand that even though it's sometimes conceptualized as this like separate entity that cannot be criticized or should be able to just keep kind of plowing forward that businesses can and should be held to a moral standard when it comes to implementing any sort of plan for the community. I think I've 
kind of always had a more optimistic perspective because my dad's a small business owner, so he owns a restaurant in Kansas City, and I've seen um, like that restaurant do different partnerships with local charities and nonprofits. So I kind of like that collaborative nature that can be created, especially on a smaller scale. And then coming to the University of Arkansas, I've seen how grants from businesses like Walmart can funnel funds into great nonprofit work uh, in this community. So that kind of has given me maybe a more optimistic perspective going into the class. But then following the class, like I saw how much more integrated social initiatives can be in the business world. I'm trying to remember the name, but that organization that sold tea. Tatarum. Tatarum. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're a for-profit business. Yeah. And they hire, they're in Barcelona, and they hire neurodiverse employees to help produce and dis- market and distribute tea. Yeah, that organi- that business highlighted the realm of possibility, I think, between, you know, connecting social work and business. So. So you, so you saw concrete examples of what the possibilities were. Yeah. For sort of, sort of making these making these worlds more compatible. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, when we were planning the trip and we learned that the Terum was among the social enterprises that we were going to visit, uh, and, and job skill development was one of the areas of interest in the trip, we extended the invitation to our local social entrepreneur, Daimara Baker, to uh, travel with us uh, as uh, she runs this company, uh, Rocking Baker, which essentially... Uh, does the same thing. Yeah, here in, in Springdale. In, 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 yes, here uh, locally. So, so uh, the, the way in which we were trying to connect the dots, uh, but unfortunately COVID didn't allow this time, uh, hoping that in the near future this will be the case. So, Anders, you you know, these uh, these students are, are doing a lot, and they have a lot of opportunity uh, that the university offers. It's a little tougher when you're in high school, when you say you don't quite, yeah. you're, not, you're, not, you're not able to kind of get out there and do as much. So, what, tell me a little bit about what your club is doing. What are some activities that you guys are up to? Um, so, at least in my high school, a lot of the extracurriculars that are provided by the school aren't really action they don't really do a lot they're just interest groups with my charter club um we do a lot of volunteer service and we invite a lot of networking like with our guests to come talk to us and to come um share with us what they do and so a lot that we have been doing would be inviting guest speakers locally um like the city of Fayetteville they came and talked talk to us about climate change and the role of recycling to help fight climate change. Recently, one of our major projects would be planting trees on school grounds to make our school more eco-friendly, um, visually more aesthetic. Um, and so we invited um, a horticulture agent of Washington County to come talk to us about what kinds of trees we should plant and where we should plant them and to give us advice and stuff. So we have a, we have a really good grounds for a plan for the rest of our project and so that's something we're really excited about so you're, you're feeling a niche on your campus where where you have organizations that do service and organizations that, that are more like interest clubs right yeah and, and you're sort of bringing those together yeah there's really no blend between the two it's either One you're or the in other. yeah mm-hmm. and anders can i ask you are you are there a lot of your fellow students that are interested oh yes we have a lot of students that we have a lot of passion for this subject, and I just felt like with my club, it's more of an outlet for them to 
actually act on it and interest groups that don't really like can teach you about stuff but they don't really do anything and then volunteer service which is just about I guess the credit of getting hours which is kind of in my opinion a little shallow but with my club it's more about focusing our volunteer service to affect the community in a positive way and we have a lot of interested students that are really excited about the club in fact, the tree idea wasn't even a concept that was originally made by me or by the teacher that's sponsoring it. It was a, an idea that was generated by the members of the club entirely. This is so interesting because there's so many different um, things that are dovetailing between what all of you guys are saying. Like the working with, with high school students and trying to introduce this way of thinking to them, but also to give them agency as they go forward into, if they go to um, continue their education, that they can bring these skills that hopefully they will use and spread to other people. I mean, the fact that it is centrally about creating change and empowering people seems to build this multiplying effect in. Have you seen this happen? Like when you are with the, uh, your fellow students or the people that are in the class with you, that they go out and are doing other projects, they're affecting other people. Do you have any experience sort of watching it grow like that? I think I've been a part of a number of projects in the past year, um, and I found that in all of these projects, um, one focusing with Mount Sequoia, one currently focusing on um, recidivism, um, we're kind of trying to come up with a with all of these different types of uh, social innovations but it does really get people thinking and I'm especially in the one that I'm currently working on um, there's a student who he he's a little bit older and he he doesn't I haven't even really met him in person up until this week but meeting him in person it was just it blew my mind how like dedicated he was to this idea of um, helping people, particularly uh, ex-prisoners. And this isn't an idea that he just came up with during this class. He's been thinking about this for five years. Like, he truly has been kind of working these ideas out in his head and kind of brought them to to a classroom. And I think it's really helped him kind of formulate um, a better strategy for these plans. But that that outside work has really been what's pushed us um, and ultimately what's given us um, some motivation to continue working on this project. Lee, Lee, you put your finger right on it. It's it's an organic process, and we just can't predict what the outcome will be. And that's kind of, it's a risk, (laughs) but it's it's kind of exciting. And and for example, we, we never thought about a student meeting with an organization and then coming up with an idea for an entirely different organization dealing with an entirely different issue. And so Juliana's experience, for example, is a, is, was beyond our expectations, um, but very welcome, of course. Yeah. And, and then to see how, uh, how, how Seoul, for example, is, is taking just this sort of particular type of global engagement and then sort of seeing a way for it to inform other types of global engagement. And so Part of it's about agency, but another part of it is about values, right? So you're you're seeing the normalization of certain. That's what that's what I see you doing, Caleb. Is you're you're teaching a, a values as much as you are bikes, mm-hmm. 
Right. You're teaching students that this is how business works, but this is also how business can work. I think that's pretty important. And Anders, I would say, you know, this is great because in your school, you're getting to sort of um, run a flagpole up and say, everybody who kind of understands this value system, let's all get together. You know, Mm -hmm. so you're you're giving uh, agency to other students who may have felt that way, but didn't really have a group or uh, a pathway for it. So I think that it's just amazing. And the I did want to bring up that Rock and Baker just had kind of met uh, one of their goals, which is that the employees that they've been training, uh, they had a sort of a graduation into May managers they're becoming managers so now they will be in charge of others and bring them in and that seems to fit the model that you were talking about Mm -hmm. about you know empowering leaders and that's really how you truly scale up so it it's it's happened on a local scale and local level as well definitely yeah i want to ask everyone here what in your opinion we could do better or what else can we do under the umbrella of Arkansas Global Change Makers to enhance the experience of the student? This is when you get to affect change within this program. For me personally, I believe like the most impactful on myself whenever I've been trying um, to come up with ideas for global change is to reach out to the community and go have active um, participation within the community. That's where I think all of the best ideas are really coming from. And, you know, if you think of a problem and you want to solve that problem, you know, try to find someone else that is trying to fight that same problem and work with them. And I think that just empowerment through community and through connections is really the best way you can you can succeed. I would say that I feel like it would be a good idea to find different avenues to promote this program because I remember in our global social change class we had students from across the board. There were like nursing students, also people in the business school, and I think everyone at one point in their life should have exposure to these ideas and this value system that the Global Change Makers is trying to promote because it really showcases the amount of change that one can implement again back on like a local level but also on a global um, scale as well. So I think that really promoting this program and ensuring that there's a diverse group of people being a part of the group. Something I'd be really curious to see is we, I think we talked a lot about like connecting social change with the business world, but we also in our background research, I think we somewhat addressed how like in the nonprofit world, sometimes it's Uh, frowned upon to like reinvest into yourself so that you can expand the breadth of your services and in my head I'm still even trying to connect like how can that narrative be shifted like how can we get more involved in helping nonprofits in their sustainability so maybe like doing more with that like nonprofits in addition to businesses like adding um, more nonprofits into the curriculum more discussion about that Um, but also I wanted to add that 
Um, I love how you're doing a high school program because in high school, I feel like I just, like, my parents aren't really, like, neither of them are super interested in nonprofit work. I didn't really have any role model in this type of work, and it would have been so nice to have an organization like that that shows showed me ways you can connect, like, learning about social issues to taking action and being real innovative with it, taking agency in that process. So expanding that to more high schools, more high may, schools. especially, mm-hmm. like, underserved high schools because I feel like that's where you really see like a lack of opportunity a lack of maybe guidance from like people who have experience in those fields I think that would be phenomenal because being exposed to that even in college was a change for me so yeah that would be cool Andrews you've been running your club for almost a year do you guys have a sense of how uh, it's a it's totally new right you're breaking new ground so do you have a sense of what you might do differently in the next year for my club and its founding, it's been there's been trials of failure and successes course, and what yeah. I found, yes. Initially we had started out and we weren't actually doing all that much with action and we weren't really having that much initiative and it started to start turning into more of a class than it was actually an engaging club. But something that we've changed is how we include student engagement and so we've had tree project that we've had, it was entirely made by the students themselves was planned out. We've assigned roles to each member of the club to have specific functions to make sure it runs smoothly. And so something I wanted to make sure next semester, however we want run the club or however it spreads to other high schools is advice I would give would be to make sure that your club is not like a class and it's more engaging and it's more includes more student diversity, includes more student um, ideas mm-hmm. and that you can just create a general framework for the club and then let the students run it themselves. Well, that fits perfectly with the sort of organic nature of the program. Having more student buy-in and, and participation, that's, a, that's great advice. I want to ask about what's next for all of you. So what, you're, you're not about to graduate. Well, where are you in the process? Let's ask it that way. Right. So right now I am in this very awkward waiting period. So I guess um, I just want to give a shout out to everyone else that's kind of in this same waiting period. You're not alone. It's awkward. It's weird. You're going to get sad probably. This last semester has been very nostalgic, um, but overall really exciting. I've applied for a couple of fellowships. I'm waiting to hear back on what's going to happen next. And I'm potentially going to be doing a master's at Georgetown studying democracy and governance next year, or I might potentially be going to the London School of Economics to study global politics or international relations. As of right now, like I said, I'm kind of in this weird waiting period. And I also might be doing um, a Fulbright grant in Spain to teach um, English abroad. So I have a lot of options at the moment. I'm just kind of waiting to either hear back from organizations or make a decision. Do you you know where you're going with that? Do you know kind of what the I always tell students, you know, I don't know if you remember my the horizon. Speech, the horizon, mm-hmm. yeah. What's <laughs> on your horizon? Like, what is what is it you think you might see or not not doing, but achieving, right? I mean, what's what's your target? Well, when I think about how I came into the International and Global Studies program, wanting to like change the world and kind of like lead like a revolution and restructure <laughs> the entire program, I am now more so. I guess like existing within the parameters of reality and I always go back to Dr. Contreras saying of moving the needle of doing no harm and essentially just like promoting positive culturally aware 
change in a community. And I think that a lot of important work starts on a community level, but then it's also important to be aware of the global and international aspect of whatever it is that you're trying to do in the community. So when I think about myself in that ambiguous horizon, I always just think of myself uh, moving the, the needle just a little bit and trying to do my, my very best, I, I, I guess. Lo- I love that analogy. I love the moving the needle <laughs> the analogy. I think you can do it. Juliana, <laughs> how are you going to move the needle? <laughs> my plan is to attend law school, so I'm currently a, a preparing for that application process, but I specifically want to pursue public interest law, and I think my experiences uh, right now in like undergraduate education has motivated me to pursue public interest law, and, you know, everything from working at a refugee resettlement agency to working at a specialty court program or working alongside kids who are, were impacted by a parent going through the criminal justice system, those are all kind of influencing me to find a place where I can be an advocate for others and yeah. make a difference in policy as well. Well, it sounds like the, the experiences you had have, have had have become causes in a way for yeah. you, have shaped sort of the career trajectory that you might find yourself on. Yeah, absolutely. Caleb, what about you? You know, it's I'm going into my senior year next year, but right now I am currently working at the ASBTDC, which is the Arkansas Small Business and Technology Development Center. That's really shaped me and kind of taught me how business can be socially innovative. And, you know, I, I've worked with Damara Baker and a few other different small business owners and, you know, guiding them through this these past couple years, particularly with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's really taught me that business can be used as a force for good and that, you know, helping these small business owners get off the ground is really like something I'm passionate about. Yeah. I would like to one day own my own business. And I think, um, like Sol said, it's it's just about moving the needle and, you know, you can't be perfect. You can't fix every social innovation issue right off the bat. But like Dr. Contreras has taught me, it's it's about leaving the world in a better place or in the same place that you found it in. So I want to own a business that's not going to negatively affect the, the interests and the, the hopes of future generations. I, I'm an accounting student right now, which it might seem a little weird, and I would like to one day get... Um, a master's in accounting, but it's just, I think right now the thing that's really inspiring me is entrepreneurship, and I want to start a business as soon as I can. And Anders, I, okay, it's early days, 10th <laughs> grade. I mean, no one's <laughs> no one's committing you to anything at this point, but let's ask it this way. Are the things that you've been doing with this program, e- even in the relatively small way that you've been doing, is that beginning to help, help you think about college and, and then maybe what comes after? I know my graduation is a few years away, and uh, we still have a lot of projects that I would like to incorporate in my years of high school. And something that I really hope that I get to do when I'm in college is to carry the kind of skills over that we're learning right now, stuff like networking, applying for, like, getting grants and stuff like that. And I would love to do that kind of work in college and if I go to graduate school and if I in my career. It's something I really would like to take on. Um, it's still kind of down the road, and so I don't know exactly specifically what I would love to do, but um, just something with generally with those skills would be something I really would like. Maybe to close, do you have any advice for 
up and coming high school students or for college students uh, here at the university, your peers who might share some of your interests or who might be encountering this concept for the first time, well, social entrepreneurship, what is that? Or global change makers, what, what is that? And what, what, what would you say? What would you say to them? Look for people in your community who know what they're talking about. And ultimately, those are going to be your guides. Those are going to be your mentors. And even if you're trying to be a leader, you're going to need a mentor yourself. So look for people uh, in your community who are knowledgeable and who really want to tackle the same issues as you. And I think that's really been my um, takeaway from my experience with, with social innovation and social entrepreneurship. Especially for high schoolers, I would say, like, you're not too young to get involved with organizations or nonprofits doing good work in your community. So take advantage of that time that you may have. Like, even you might have a little extra time in high school. So take advantage of that and do some volunteer work. Find ways that you can get deeply involved. And then when you start, you know, brainstorming those ideas, I wouldn't shy away from maybe asking if you can interview somebody or just, like, have a conversation with them. That's, like, a concept I've learned in college like to take advice from other people reach out to them maybe on LinkedIn or whatever I wish I would have done that in high school that would have really helped me so uh yeah take advantage of those opportunities around you yeah and kind of going off of what has been said already I think that for me the best piece of advice is it's up to you to make the most out of every experience every program initiative club even class that you take is only as worthwhile and valuable as the amount of time, effort, and love that you put into it. So I would say go into whatever it is that you're doing if you're passionate about it and give it your all. I feel good about the future <laughs> being in this room with y'all, seriously. I, I got to say, when, when, you, um, w when you're a university professor and you have students who are just of such high caliber, like it really... Like, you love it, right? Because you want to teach great students. I mean, that's just sort of, like, it's what it's all about, right? And But it's also a burden in a way because you have to deliver for those students. <laughs> and so when I hear a student has, has become a finalist for a big fellowship or gotten into grad school or gotten into law school or whatever, I feel, phew, of course, it's your achievement. <laughs> it's your achievement all day long. But I feel, I feel like, well... We, we have we've done our part to help you make the most of who you can be and so that's just oh, it just makes my day <laughs> congratulations to you all and thank you for being here with us today thank you thank you for having thank us thank you